Welcome and great to have you join us as we go off script with Sam Monk, Senior Leader of Equippers Church. Enjoy today's podcast. Hi and welcome to Offscript with Sam Monk. We want to look at what's worked, what hasn't worked and leadership lessons. And we do want to thank you for all your feedback. We really want to help people with this. And so it's really appreciated uh, to hear all of your feedback that's coming in as well. And Sam, great to have you here with us. It's good to be here again. Sam, my question to you on this podcast is you've been doing this thing now for a number of years. Yeah. How do you get to the start of every year and continue to see something bigger? How do you continue to keep yourself motivated? I want to know. Yeah, well, What's the I, secret? I haven't been doing it as long as some people are doing it, but um, yeah, it has been some years. And uh, I think the key thing is just, uh, again, comes back to vision, having a clear uh, picture uh, in your heart. Because in the end, we're living out whatever picture we have on the inside of us. And I think I spoke last week uh, saying that vision is more than what's written on a piece of paper. Yes, we do need to write it down. Habakkuk in the Bible tells us about that. But more than anything, it's it's something on the inside of you. And one thing I've found, you know you have vision when when you try and leave something alone, but it won't leave you alone. It's like you wake up in the morning with this um, with this feeling, with this picture in your head that you're going, oh, we could see this take place. And and that makes you want to go after some things. So that's the thing that keeps you motivated. You you are seeing. Some, is it a sense of you're seeing something that you haven't? It hasn't been fulfilled yet, and yeah. that's what keeps motivating you. That until that, and I guess until that gets fulfilled, that's when we meet Jesus. But yeah. you know, is it something that's almost like it's sort of a, it's being built, but it's an incomplete picture yet? Yeah, well, I think when it comes to motivation, uh, motivation is a vision issue. It's not a discipline issue. A lot of people, again, they're hard on themselves and, oh, I need to be more disciplined. Oh, I need to get up earlier. And they beat themselves up when they don't do that. But here's the deal. In the absence of vision, you won't be disciplined. Um, I, I say to our young people, some of our young people are the most disciplined people on the face of the earth. They stay up to all hours of the night Playing gaming. Playing Call of Duty, that's right. Yeah, gaming. Yeah. That takes some level of discipline. Uh, but that's because that's what's in front of them. That's what they see. They want to go to another level or they want to beat some of their friends. Now, if we could change the picture and give them a kingdom picture of, you know, could we see a high school changed? It's amazing what young people would do to see um, that take place. In fact, we've got uh, young people, um, teenagers right up and down New Zealand praying, getting up an hour early in the morning to go and pray outside the gate of their high school because they've got a vision to see their high school saved. Now, it's just vision's changed it and it's got these, these kids, these teenagers up an hour earlier than normal, which is a miracle, especially you know that if you've got teenagers <laughs> um, going on. And so, so motivation comes from the picture that you have on the inside. So if you're struggling with discipline, uh, a good question is, is where has vision leaked? Where right. has vision leaked? And, you know, in the end, I think that's critical to leading. The moment we stop seeing is the moment we stop leading. And I, I shared earlier in my story, you know, I didn't really think I'd ever be a pastor. I didn't want the position. So the position means nothing. In fact, you know, I don't care too much for titles. The titles and things just are, are a description of what I'm doing. Um, my identity uh, is da dangerous when our identity is based on those titles. Um, 
your authority as a leader comes from the vision that you have in your heart. And uh, spiritual authority is something that Jesus walked with, and this that's got to be one of the greatest things that I desire. Uh, I say, God, I want to walk with spiritual authority, not political authority or positional authority or institutional authority, uh, spiritual authority, because that in the end uh, gets the results that we want to see for the kingdom of God. And spiritual authority does come down to what you see, what you see in the spirit. It's, it's in the spirit. Okay, so this is this is off script, and so I'm going to go off script a little bit because I want to know for you, spiritual authority is something that it looks really attractive to people when you when you walk with spiritual authority. It's quite a sense of wow, you know. We've I've met people in my life uh, that I just think wow, there's a weight that they carry. That's kind of it's an ease, it's effortless. They don't put it on. Mm. Um, but talk about I want to know. Talk about maybe maybe a hard time in your life where you feel like you've really need to push in. So that vision is still in front of you, but you've had to push in because I think in those real hard times that stuff gets found out, doesn't it? You you find out who you are, and I think you start walking with a new level of authority post those some of those really major life events. Yeah, well, I think God uses many things to form um, uh, form who you are. Uh, it's like I went through a, a time where I was in hospital for 42 days, diagnosed with an incurable disease. Uh, there's a big story surrounding that, but um, that really clarified my call. I went into it saying, "God, I know you called me, <laughs> and you're gonna, you're gonna, if you call me to it, you're gonna resource me for it." <laughs> That's something that I've always believed. Now I had to tap into the resources of heaven to get me through that. But coming through that, it definitely gave me a greater clarity and a greater understanding, number one, of who God is and His faithfulness and His goodness, and also gave me a greater picture of what He's called me, a greater perspective on what God's called me to do. I think, same with you, you died. Mm, I did, yeah. You died, and that was a defining moment. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I think you come through, I had a, I had a uh, as Sam said, I had a cardiac arrest when I was 17, and yeah, for about 15 minutes I was gone, and a whole bunch of people prayed, and it's a great miracle, but I think... Yeah, off the back of it, you do. Re- I suppose you realise your own mortality. It gives you a perspective on life. Like, actually, I've only got one one shot at this. But also, you realise you're made for pu- this purpose. So, if I'm still here and I'm still around, I figure that I've still got a purpose to fulfil. And it drives me even further to to know that actually God's got something for me. And I think for you, though, what about? Did you ever doubt? You know, like again, authority is an interesting thing. But did you in those moments? Did you ever feel like, am I going to get through this? Am I going to yeah. Like your humanity, does it take over at times? Uh, everybody goes through this struggle. Uh, but one thing is, when I try and leave it alone, I found it wouldn't leave me alone. In fact, recently, uh, a verse in Zechariah spoke to me where it talks about, return to the fortress, you prisoner of hope. Uh, so often uh, we think we've got to hold on to hope. But I love that thought about being a prisoner of hope. Uh, being a prisoner of hope means that you're held by hope. So it's not, we don't have hope based on our grip strength. It's not based on how how we can hold on. It's the fact that hope holds on to us. And our whole relationship with God and our whole call, our destiny is, is the understanding that Christ first laid hold of us, that we might lay hold of Him. So He made the first move in all of this. Because often we think we chose God as, and yeah. then actually he, he chose us long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. in fact, John talks about that. You didn't choose me, but I yeah. chose you. You know, Jesus' words, and I appointed you to bear fruit. And and that's 
that's that understanding is like, wow, um, this is more than me. <laughs> Just you know, going about my business, my life. It's like I've got, I've got a purpose that's bigger than myself. Yeah. Wow. So how in the context of that then? So there's an authority that you carry. And we're trying to continue to reach as many people as we can. So I love when Jesus, um, the Pharisees looked at Jesus and they said, wow, look, he preaches as one who has authority. He actually did the things that he said he was going to do. Um, And there's, again, there's a real freedom in that. Because so often, I guess, even maybe in church life, we're trying to, you don't want to feel like you're holding on to things or holding on to people for that matter. But there's something about an authority that, yeah, doesn't draw. I'm well, trying, it doesn't draw people into that to you to yourself. But there's mm. something attractive about a healthy authority. Yeah. Well, there's Jesus, as he said, he wasn't like the Pharisees. He taught uh, with authority because he actually lived out. Yeah. He wasn't putting things on people that he wasn't actually outworking himself. Right. And I think uh, as as a preacher, sometimes your authority comes from the Word of God. It's like you're you're preaching, but you're preaching to yourself because the Word of God is is the word of god mm. and that's where your authority comes from but when it comes to teaching um your authority comes from your own life uh, it comes from what you've outworked and what you've integrated into your own life and it's like young couples you know we've got a lot of young couples that are part of our church and uh when they first start dating relationship get married they think they've got the perfect relationship and you ask them about their call and their destiny we've never had an uh, argument we've never had a fight it's amazing and and they go oh we feel like we're called to help other couples out uh, you know help them in their relationship and you go that's that's great that's great but at the moment you think your relationship's perfect you know maybe just wait 10 years and wait till you have had a couple of kids and until then it's best that you don't say anything about relationships because why it's like shut up you've got no authority <laughs> you, you haven't walked through this and you know having walked through difficulty and come out the other side uh, in fact going through that season where I was diagnosed put in hospital you know was at the brink of death you know just there um, yeah, having going uh, going into it, we got a promise. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego promise that would go through it and would come out the other side, not smelling like smoke, and that our clothes wouldn't be singed, uh, and we wouldn't. There would be no residue of what we went through on us. That's cool. Yeah, and you know you have authority when you can go through trials, when you can go through challenges, and you don't smell like what you've been through you come out smelling like Jesus. And I think that's a challenge of whatever we go through is is what do we smell like mm. you know, uh, on the other side? Because we can go through trials and challenges. Good for young people to understand that as well, but in general, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, great, great for everyone. Uh, uh, is, is what do we... Yeah, no, no, let's not do a sniff test right now. But what, what, These lights are pretty hot. What do we smell like? And I, I think, you know, in the end, we all face difficulty. We all face challenges and, and they're unique to every individual. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we've got God with us and like those three um, guys found in the fire, there's another person there with, with them and, and whatever situation and circumstances we find ourselves in, uh, Jesus in the middle, but when it comes down to it, is 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 like it's it's this picture that never leaves you. 
when it comes to vision, vision is a spirit. And the best way I've illustrated it in the past is is like you go shopping. Now my household's full of females. I often joke, um, my cat's a female as well. Pray for me. Um, you know, the other joke is that um, I now know why God created Adam first. It was so he had a chance to speak. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to speak at home. I've just lost our female audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that's why I've got to do podcasts to unleash all my words. Uh, but just that whole thing is is like going shopping. You see something you like, you try it on. You think, man, I look awesome in this. I look amazing. Then you look at the price tag and you go, ah, ah that's beyond my budget. But you walk out of the shop and you can't get out of your mind what you've just tried on, what you've just seen. Uh, you wake up the next morning and go, oh man, I need that. I need that, that's awesome. So what do you do? Uh, you scheme as to how you can get the money together to go back and purchase what you've already purchased. Let, let's face it, the moment you saw it, it was only a matter of time before you went back and took physical possession of it. Because you go away, you scheme, and you go, we can make some cuts here. The kids don't need that in their lunch this week. <laughs> they need uh, for a week, yeah. Yeah, it's like we, we, we scheme and until we can get the money together. We build restraints to go back and purchase what we've already purchased. And, and, and we all know this from you know, a shopping paradigm, but it's actually a spiritual principle where even God said to the Israelites, see, I've given you the promised land. He said, see, I've given it to you. But they had to take possession of it. And that took time to take possession of what they'd seen. But until they saw it, they could never possess it. And and the challenge right now is what are we seeing? Because I, I feel like a lot of believers need to go shopping in the spirit. Where you get a pitch on the inside where you wake up in the morning and even though you try not to think about it, it won't leave you alone. And we, we then use our imagination. Um, our imagination is a God-given gift. It can be used for evil. Um, you know, it can be used to meditate on wrong stuff or it can be used to meditate on God's purpose. And, and getting that in your spirit is that that's where the motivation, that's where the energy comes from. It's like, okay, God, you can actually, you want to see this come to pass. Wow. Talk about a final comment around, I'm keen for you to comment on spiritual authority uh, doesn't come from, if I think if I drive my car and the traffic lights are out, there might be a police officer that stands there and he tells me, stop, start, go left, go right, do this, do that. It's not a super attractive way to lead in a church by saying to people, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Mm. And in fact, even we often say, we're not police officers. We don't want to police things. We would rather not lead from that place, you know, of position. Yeah. We don't wear badges. We don't have put a lot of weight into titles. And in fact, maybe another podcast we can talk about position and titles. But we don't lead out of that place because really Jesus never led out of that place. Although he said, you know, yeah. he didn't come to serve but to be served and give his life as a ransom for many. So just give us a final comment on spiritual authority not really coming from position. Well, um, well I, I think uh, a statement we use quite a bit is we're here to dig wells, not build fences. And as long as the well is full, people are going to gather to that well. In the outback where there's no fences, how do you keep cattle together? You, you build a well and then they won't wander far. Uh, if the well runs dry, <laughs> they'll probably wander. 
But if the well is full and overflowing, and if the well is full and over, uh, overflowing of vision in a leader's life, people will naturally gravitate towards it. When the well <laughs> runs dry, that's where a lot of people default to fences, which is about keeping people in. Um, and that's where they use their position. But here's the deal. You know, in a lot of places, if you are all about, oh, we need to keep people happy or we could lose the people, your leadership is based on the fear of loss, which, you know, what you fear often comes upon you. Whereas if it's based on, man, reaching people, one, one thing I found in leadership, if you focus on reaching people and if you focus on pursuing the mission of God, you will keep people. If you focus on keeping people, you often lose people. Wow, right. And so spiritual authority really comes from, and this is the biggest thing, is we've got to keep the well uh, full, and full, over, yeah. Yeah, full and overflowing. Full and overflowing. Because if it's full and overflowing, people will naturally gravitate towards it. Um, the moment you have to bring out your position, you know, wave your credentials, uh, you're actually in danger. Wow. Great conversation on spiritual authority, and that's all we've got time for this week. Again, we believe significant ministry flows from significant relationship. If this has been helpful to you and there's people in your world that need to hear uh, this podcast on spiritual authority, please pass it on to others. Otherwise, it's been great chatting uh, with you, Sam, uh, today, and uh, we pray that, again, you continue to give us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Offscript with Sam Monk. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure you pass it on. We love your feedback, so drop us a line about what topics you'd like to hear about on Offscript with Sam Monk.